the cancel culture thing has just gotten just if you don't like an opinion you can just say well you're canceling me it's cancel culture but i'm not that's just an opinion you little snowflake i don't have time for it the the opinions of butthurt white people like <laughs> It's so stressful because I remember the 90s. Remember when they tried to cancel D&D or when they tried to cancel, oh God, Tinky Winky, you're gonna tell me. Oh. <laughs> Alan Heath Ledger here one more time with John Smith Corwin and John Smith Phil and the villain Victress. Let's listen in. All right. Is everybody back from their mandatory 15 minute break? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, yeah. From Vegas. Interesting. Next step is going to be to have the beer fridge down here. Nice. Nice. It feels like convention centers are where that sort of behavior breeds, where you just get like, sort of a high turnover of people because it could be anything from like even smaller complexes that are like a couple theaters and maybe a convention aspect like thing you just burn through people because it could be one week you're doing thousands of people for some convention martial arts thing whatever and then the next week it's like a corporate thing so it's like maybe 300 400 people in like a ballroom presentation kind of stuff and then a band or something it's like convention centers are it's it's rough um especially if they have uh i believe i know the one that you're talking about it happens to be a venue that is one of mine actually um (laughs) it's it's no oh i'm gonna edit this out so fuck it it's the um which has the house uh and there is also the uh the paul c which is where they film uh america Mm. so there's all the conventions that are in the convention center both halls then there's the theater that's right there theater that's what it is Mm -hmm. and then there's where they do like right around the back and they're always you know they're always turning over it is it's brutal it's just Mm -hmm. fucking brutal and And they are not kind to people Mm. they are not kind to anyone who's outside but they are especially unfortunately not kind to anyone who is not a white male Mm. I know that's horrible to say, but yeah, they're kind of they're kind of pricks all the time. If you yeah. are not a white male, it's it's unfortunately a fact of the industry is that um, it's that I think what people misunderstand about the entertainment industry is that it's this all inclusive thing because you see performers and the performers rep- they think that performers represent the diversity mm-hmm. of this industry and that that is way beyond uh, incorrect. It's like okay. You know, I've had multiple conversations with um, minority groups in our industry, and we've all talked about our struggles. It's like, yes, I'm female. Yes, you're a minority group. And, you know, we've all had to prove ourselves. Um, you know, there's, and, and here's something super um, insane, ridiculous uh, in terms of like the rigging aspect of it is that if you want to, if you're female and you want to be a rigger, all right, first question they're going to ask is, how'd you get into it? Did you come into it on your own or did a guy bring you into it? Yep. Now, if your answer is a guy brought you into it, you're immediately you're cast off. You're yep. done. That's you're done. it. You're done. 
Yeah, it's um, bullshit. Yes. So that's 50%, you know, let's say it's, let's keep the number simple. It's 50% of women say that a guy brought them in 50% say they didn't. All right. So the 50% that didn't, uh, they came in on their own. Then the question becomes, you know, essentially what's, what's your experience? Are you any good? Well, you have good riggers and you have shitty riggers. Okay, cool. Toss out the shitty riggers. So now we're down to 25% of women. So 25% of them were good riggers. Okay. How many of them were just good? And how many of them were great, great riggers? Now we're down to about 10% of women because it's such a drastic change because mm-hmm. any person that ever thinks about a female being a rigger, they have more negative stories than they do positive stories, but they always remember that one chick who was a badass. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And In that's fact, it. Yeah. That's, that's all. It. I, and it, it's as someone who at least tries to hire anyone, it does upset me when I'm, when I don't ask that. And the first thing that like all the guys that I work with ask her is, well, how they get into it. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, man. Mm-hmm. She sounded really good. What the fuck? Who gives a shit? But that's also something that I run into too, is that it doesn't matter how good of a rigor, rigor you are. If, especially if you toot your own horn in any way, if you are not humble and immediately respectful, they will find something wrong with you every goddamn time you fucking do something. It doesn't matter who you are. You have to mm-hmm. prove yourself during the course of a year with every job that you have before you're respected as anything other than an asshole. And, and it doesn't matter who you are, white, black, female, gay, whatever. doesn't matter. At least a year, you have to prove yourself mm-hmm. and that's it. And then, and that's not just rigging. That's, you know, any aspect of the business, right? Because we don't have, you know, our business isn't about being a journeyman and an apprenticeship and all this shit that you have to prove yourself and licensing and certification. Granted, there is the ETCP rigging certification, but- at the same time, you have to have the experience to back it up and it has to be like recordable experience. And it's, yeah. it's just so tough to find good people. And so what we get instead is we get people who go to like now has a very bad reputation for the simple fact that they charge so much for you to go to their school and they have you work on like state-of-the-art stuff and they're like this is what you're going to work on and and they blow your ego up so much because you're spending what 50 60 grand to learn how to do this stuff and then the minute that you're released all you get is uh stage hand number three yep. that's that's what you get And they get pissed off about that. And, you know, I feel, I do feel for them. I really do. It's a hell of a lot of money to spend to learn how to, uh, to be a sound guy or a lighting guy or whatever. And they just don't understand how they're not respected out of college. Like they feel that they deserve because they put the work in for years and it's like, well, dude, you got state of the art stuff. You haven't worked in the trenches of a, you know, just, just the shittiest cable and a muddy fucking festival and everything is waterlogged and covered in spiders and or you anything on a boat, anything on a <laughs> boat, <laughs> you haven't worked on the ricketyest fucking scissor lift or scaffolding you've ever seen in your goddamn life. Um, you know, you haven't lived the struggles of these guys who have been in the business for so long and they earn their stripes and they have the reputation. You came out of college ho- thinking that those stripes were uh, automatically given to you and that's just not the case. And it's like, 
you know, going to school for what we did is a means to an end. It gives you kind of an edge, but you still have to earn your stripes. Yeah. And unfortunately, it, there's just not like a formal apprenticeship program that's going to do that. That's not what our industry is about. It's like you need to go in. If you're going to go to school, make sure you're, work, you know, find a way to get into the industry while you're going to school. So this way you're starting to earn your stripes and you're going to school with state of the art stuff. So when you come out, you're like, yeah, actually, I, you know, while I was going to school, I actually worked for this production company and we were doing festivals and we were doing this. And this was the role I played. Don't say that. Oh, you know, I worked, uh, I worked the black eyed pea show. Cool. That's what. And they never say, because obviously they, they weren't proud of the role. And it's just like, dude, if you work the black eyed peas and you were just a stagehand, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Just fucking say it. So mm. we know where you stand. But if you try to say, well, you were the guy does, you know, designing the lighting, we already know you're full of shit. So just, just say the truth, <laughs> just say the truth. And we will respect you more for it because we need to know what we're working with. And then don't be afraid to ask fucking questions. Don't come in here and be like, well, I, I graduated. Cool. Is Go and that, that, that truck. That junior kid doesn't know, doesn't realize that you know Alan who did the Black Eyed Peas show design, yeah. and yeah. you're about to be like, oh Alan, do you know Fred here? <laughs> no, okay, yeah. well, well, sorry, yeah. exactly. Uh, Alan I doesn't know who those. you are. That's, yes. that's the other I thing that's those. that's the other thing that so many people don't realize is this is a really, really small industry. Really I have met a, I have met a lot of people from LA that know everyone that I went to school with, and I'm like, yes. really? Uh, that was a long time ago and in another state. Yeah. Yep. No. Yep. It's so small. The first thing we do is we find our contact in that state and we ask him, hey, bro, you heard of this kid? No? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Or even worse, you fuck up on something. And the first thing we do is, oh, I heard that they were going to go work for this company. Hey, yeah. I have this fucking kid. He says that he's going to apply with you. Here's what he just did to me. Mm -hmm. it's I like am... Totally. Very guilty of that. Yes, we're all guilty of that. We all are. But the, hey, whatever reason... you do, this dude's gonna call you. Don't fucking hire him. No, he's and awful. And it sounds like a really shitty thing to do, and people will be like, "Oh, that's illegal. You can't do that." And it's like, guys, you don't understand. When we do that, it's because we're literally trying to save lives. It's not. Yeah. It's <laughs> not just because we're being assholes. It's like uh, if you're a rigger or you're an electrician or Especially anything that yeah. just. I mean, these things require you to understand safety and preserving life. Uh, as a rigger, that's what we accept. Is that something bad is going to happen at some point in our career. And we mentally have prepared ourselves for someone getting maimed, someone falling and dying and being crushed to death. It's like, do you understand what that looks like? It's not pretty. And I'm not going to go into too much detail because I might make myself sick if I think about it too long. But the fact of the matter is, is that we, we, we contact each other because it's like, look, if we are going to hire that person, we're going to hire them on a lower status so that we can give them the opportunity to learn from people more appropriately. Yes. But I mean, if they are a true, like true fuck up and they are like burning bridges and they're treating people like shit, they are not worth anyone being hired and they never earn their stripes and they never learned how to respect anybody in this industry and they are not worth our time. You're going to hold us up and cause more problems and more life-threatening situations than if you would have just been fucking honest in the beginning and done your shit. Yep. 
I, I think that's a really good point too, that I wish you could communicate to kids graduating from or whatever. It's like, like, dude, take the hit, take the like scrubber position and just, if you're worth it, you're going to earn your way up in no time. Like, mm-hmm. and you're going to, everyone's going to be like, great. Love this guy. Super consistent. Off, off you go, you know, like exactly. no problems, but I was once hired to, to program automation with no knowledge whatsoever of the automation platform. I think it was Fisher. And, uh, because I was the person they liked and I knew computers. That started a whole other revenue stream for me and series of jobs where I was the person who did it. And yeah, yeah. did I have to Google a lot? Yeah, I did that real fast. But I had the support of like technical directors and people who did the physical stuff and I made the computer work. This right. is how yeah, I got and, my first gig. Well, and, and the other- <laughs> I'm not kidding. Gaff tape again, gaff tape again, guys. But, it, and the other thing about it is that it's, you know, they should know that it's not a hit on you as a person that I'm relegating you to the scrubber job. I just, I want to get you in, but I can't get you in on like, you know, whatever position you think you're going to be worthy of. I got to put you in here so that if I screw up, I can still let you go and be like, off you go. It was another one. We can replace him. But like, if they, if they prove to be worthy, then it's like, great, man, that's cool. We can keep shuffling him up. You know, I have a really great analogy for that. So, uh, you never want your brain surgeon who only got D's in college to do your brain surgery. (laughs) We don't know how you did it guys. We don't. And so the only way we can do that is we're going to put you in the lower positions. You're going to do your AK, you know, your residency, and you're going, you're going to have to take the time to learn from people who quite frankly, know a lot more, have gone through so many more situations that I guarantee has not exposed you to. And I'm going to call my friend Jason. Yeah. I, so I, I've had a couple, I've hired in a couple of people to work for me. And I think the, I, I think the most important thing, I just, uh, my educators coming out here a little bit, but the most important thing for me is when I hire them, that I create the space to let them fail and know they're going to fail. Cause that's how I got in, in the business yes. as, as I got really good. I like when someone would be like, how long is it going to take? I'd be like, ah, it's going to take about four hours. And really, I know I can get it done in about one hour, but I also know I'm going to screw it up probably twice, you know, but then I I still delivered in three hours and everyone was happy, you know? So like, but I, I, when I'm hiring in someone, I'm like, look, you're new. I'm going to let you play test this and have fun with it and screw it up. And then it's cool. By the end of the day, it'll get done. I'm not going to be pissed because you met my schedule and we're good. But like, as an educator, I feel like, I need to make space for them to fail and that not be like a, a crushing blow. Like that's the end of their yeah. career. Yeah. You, know? you don't you want al- to destroy the spirit. I think you were also the one that said fail, fail again and fail with flair. Uh, dude, that's, that's Samuel I Beckett, man. I I'm can't sure even take is. that. But, no, no, no. Um, I'm sure it is. But you were the one that like, yeah. really drilled it into us in, in grad school. That's like, oh it, yeah. It, it, fail, fail is part of the equation. You know, was, absolutely. If I hadn't kept, like, if you hadn't like really reinforced that, I, I honestly don't know how far I would have gotten in grad school. Cause man, I was really good at failing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was so good. I failed upwards. Yo, know, it's, and it's like here when, uh, with my company, it, we did the, uh, we did an apprenticeship program for rigging and yeah. we made it so that yes, we're going to, we're going to set you up for failure. That's, that's just what it is, but you learn from that failure. You learn never to do that again. And that's, 
that's just the way of it there because there's there's no i mean there is some schools for rigging but really there's not 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 the stuff that you can really learn from just a good like 15 20 year old veteran and i don't mean their age but been in the industry 15 20 years and you know they were doing it before you know ocean ansi really got into it and they tell you some really crazy ass fucking stories which are funny as shit don't get me wrong but you're just like i would never fucking do that and they're like well that's crazy ass shit we had to do to get the show done but that's their mentality is no matter what happens even if it kills us we get the show done and that's what i can i can respect from you know people who've been in the industry for so long yes they may act like know-it-alls but they were part of a time period where you got it done and you got it done any means necessary it wasn't uh, i'm here from the neck down i'm just you know i'm just whatever it's we all had to get the job done one way or another and if it killed us well we all showed up to your funeral and got drunk that's really a testament <laughs> to how good you are in the industry. Yeah. Yes. How many how many drunk people are at your funeral? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Every single one of them. If it's not, you were not good in this industry. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. There is a, we there is we don't we don't part. spill a drink like the Vikings. We we drink and get as shitty as possible. And if we pass the fuck out. Good funeral. Well, mm. it was a good funeral, but we always make sure that the first guy who passed out, just like in college, always got dicks on his face. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, and I'm thinking like, who lit that funeral? Who rigged it? That was a good show. <laughs> yeah, who did, the, who did the AV for this? You know what? <laughs> Their taping methods are shit. It's shit, <laughs> God damn it! This, this guy my- deserved better. He deserved better. It's his fucking funeral. This is my friend. <laughs> Straight tape lines. <laughs> straight tape lines worked on some of those i've 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 attended like some of those like i've run them and that's kind of cool too because like when you have those like we we there was one that was took place at the house on the main stage we did a memorial there for a dude who places at uh the theater and then at the and gosh to see two groups of people come together to be so happy and celebrate this person's life and pulling the pulling the dam out and let all of the feelings come out and just people that you don't know but you're like you both know you mutually knew this dude who was always fun always had a laugh Ate cookies with frosting because we had a thing of frosting and he did Walmart cookies. The Walmart was, cookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was he was black hole for calories. I was deeply impressed. <laughs> but yeah. And these are the kind of people that you you come across. And 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 then you, you the daisy chains because like he might get you a this person might get you a job working for the mouse. This person might get you a job working for the the TV station, whatever down the road you might get a job at netflix because it turns out some dude you were nice to once 20 years ago remember that experience enough and we'll hook you up yeah and like i just can't get enough of that like the fact that it is small but we take care of each other mm-hmm. like to a any, certain extent <laughs> well anytime yeah. that i've heard of any person in the industry passing away for whatever reason it, it doesn't have to be for a specific reason but uh 
you know, every, I feel like everyone mutually mourns the loss of somebody in the industry because it's if, if if they were enough to make an impact and somebody makes an announcement, and you're just like, we just lost somebody from the entertainment business. It, it, it is a tragedy, which is why it doesn't make sense to me when some of these guys get super aggressive about protecting what they have. Um, they're like, I don't want to teach you anything because then you're ousting me from a job. And it's like, well, you're not going to be in this job forever. And there's more places and there's more things to do. And it's like, no, we, when, when you do get in, when you finally get in to the circle of entertainment, right. Uh, cause obviously we all know that that door is like, you know, a fucking dungeons and dragons, goddamn dungeon door with uh, steel bars and you know, jangly keys and all shit like that. But, you know, it, once you finally get through the bars and you're just like, oh, wow, there's a whole lot of fucked up people in here, but you know, they're cool. They're cool. I'll drink with them. Um, it, it just continues endlessly and you don't have to know a whole bunch of them. You just have to know that they were in the industry and we all just start like it, it, it it's almost seamless how quickly we just, we're just going to start telling stories and it doesn't necessarily have to be about the person that we're at the funeral for. We just start telling stories and we're just like, Oh dude, you, you remember this client? Oh God, it was so fucked up this whole show. Oh my God. Everything fucked up. 30 seconds of fury. We need to get back on that. Oh gosh. Okay. Who's going? Who's going? All right. Getting up on time here. Um, you know, I had one, but I'm going to go with another one and tie back into the tooling thing. Here's my fury. 30 Hold seconds. On. Ready? Let me, Let me wait, know. Wait, 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 and go. Okay. I think tools that are no longer being sold should be going into public domain at a faster rate, like a five-year public domain, so that that crazy awesome wrench that, what's his name, or Corn was talking about, or this awesome screwdriver that Craftsman makes that no longer makes because they stopped making them, would just become public access, and then we can just print them, and then we can have them, because who cares? No one who is buying them anymore, except for the people who really need them, and you can't freaking find them anymore. Enough. Wow, 29 seconds of bitch. Yes! <laughs> so this, right, right this is a it. craftsman. This is a craftsman screwdriver. They don't oh sell God. these anymore. No. It has all the tools inside and they yep. always stay inside. Yep. And then you slide this to the middle and it drives in the lock. You yeah, can't I lose these because they can't come out. They Dude, don't I'm, sell this. I, I got that as a, I can't remember if it was an anniversary present or a birthday present from my husband. Not even sure. Have, and that's man, so it. fucked up too. No, it's not. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good man <laughs> good man that's for sure got this in like 2004 when i first moved out here to la and they make one in an allen wrench and then the uh oh, like man. flathead and phillips head and yep. it is glorious but yep. they stopped making it because it didn't sell in 2007 oh, oh i i showed that thing off to people like where the fuck did you get I'm, that exactly everyone's <laughs> like where you know Dude, and the tips are magnetic so if you want yes. to change them out all you do is just pull them out and you can replace them with any little head whatever whatever you're using i totally have it i love that tool so much because it came with it the, is the it little is prized i just like fat heads no one touches this. This is in the tool bag of like, you touch this, you die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not the one that's spray painted pink. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. This is the one nobody uh, knows about. Spray yeah. painting shit pink so people don't steal your shit. Oh, nope. yeah. That's, Big fan of that one. Big fan of that one. Everyone is. It's You have to go with the girly colors because it's like you can't, you can't hide that. And we got into the habit here in, in DFW where everybody now paints their stuff and you cannot miss who it belongs to. It's not now, not just about, well, I just don't want you to steal it. Now it's like, Oh, that's purple. Oh, that, that belongs. 
shit. <laughs> well, that, well, I'm sure they got a couple of mine, so fuck it. You know, it's like ultimately uh, you're going to repaint it anyway, but you're just like, I'm pretty sure that I sent back the equal number of stuff that they gave me. May not have been the original, but eh, fuck it, I'll paint it. <laughs> Another economy of that kind of stuff. Like I have, there's a sound designer in in Los Angeles who has gear in every, literally every space where people make art, and uh, he he teaches it. So a lot of people will borrow his stuff or rent his stuff, and so the amount of cables that will just exist in places in perpetuity, it's it's his lasting, um, it's, his yeah. lasting legacy. And I mean, I've I've acquired many things over my time mostly legally when they're being discarded by the company knowingly and with consent but not deliberately because it's that weird game where you put it outside and then you're like oh someone left a, a whole sampler out there looks like um looks like oh. some good stuff <laughs> i have so many red cases <laughs> <laughs> We, all right it's between we, you and me we, we wouldn't none of us are innocent we've all stolen shit that's just oh, like yeah. oh oh what they, they just they just left that you you mean you you're leaving the colson casters on the ground oh, oh okay all right wait you bought that drape for one show and you don't you're literally going you, to throw that away i have so much do from this thing i <laughs> I have so much, and it's from a thing I signed an NDA for, so it's even better. Nice. I, I used to steal so much tie line. <laughs> like it's not mind. even stealing; Dude, it just my, comes with oh. you. No, the okay. thing is, is that my if if they put the tie line, if they gave me the tie line to do picks or whatever it is that they gave me tie line for, I left it in my lift. They and which was left in the room they could at any point go get that stuff if we got through the loadout and they didn't touch it mine i got i got a thousand feet once <laughs> a thousand feet of all in six in segments or like no <laughs> the full roll dude it was like i could hug the thing i'm like oh my god dude that's best huge. score ever best that is score huge. ever they left it i'm like I don't, it's not like I go into their boxes looking for it and try to take it. They left it in my lift. They had loaded out. It was gone. I'm like, boop. <laughs> There's a lot of those like tiny moments of generosity, uh, often involving the sort of like communist nature of tapes. Uh, it's, <laughs> gener it's like, it's like generosity and kleptomania are in a, like a balance, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like, like, like we all like, know we're going to just, Stuff happens in the pockets. Oh, well, I, I wear pants like with four different layers of pockets all the time, and just stuff winds up in there. Oops. Yep. Yep. Just, every I time. I will just not else. steal someone's tool. That There's, is. Oh, yeah. Up. That's just fucked up. That's if you, you, don't if you borrow someone's yeah. tool, goddamn, if you, you need to go fucking return it. And don't you be that owe dick. them a drink after, too, because damn if, you, right. if you had to borrow somebody's tool, it's because you weren't prepared and. For whatever reason, you might not have it. I mean, God knows. I just started buying power tools because most of my stuff is done with computers. I have speakers. I have adapters. I have headphones and microphones and stuff. Power tools are later in my kit. All y'all, like, if you build stuff, if you rig stuff, that was a purchase probably made a long time ago and probably newer stuff constantly being bought. <laughs> I think Phil has everything DeWalt makes. <laughs> uh, actually, not a DeWalt. 
that's that's really cute, man. I, I love that. I think <laughs> I think uh, Dewalt is. Um, <clears throat> I've moved past way past Dewalt now. Everything. <laughs> everything is festool or die. And, and that's like, that's, you know, I don't know how to compare that. It's like, like saying like you're moving up from like PV to like Meyer, right? Like, you know, like this is, DeWalt so is, is your, awesome. I know DeWalt is like your PV level. Like that's cool. You know, or, you know, JBL. What and, about a playful splash of Ryobi? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's where I need to like, like, I, I remember um, used to say like really proudly, like never judge a TD by his tools. And I was like, fuck that. Like, no, I, 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 I you can say that that doesn't, I, I'll never judge his intelligence because yeah, I've seen TDs pull some stuff off that I'm like, wow, I, that I've learned that's new to me, you know, but the tools that you use matter. Like yeah. there, there's stuff that, Festool makes that no one even comes close to and completely alters how you build things and manufacture things. And so it's like, sure, you can show up with your DeWalt multi-kit, great. You know a thing or two about carpentry. You show up with some woodpecker tools and a couple Festool, I'm like, all right, now you, you know a thing or two, you know, like, great, you know, but like, I, I completely have to reserve judgment and i'm sorry if i just totally like rabbit hole down my like particular <laughs> brand of tech theater expertise but that was going me... on his own 30 second bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah festool it's it's my brand and for those of you listening look it up they're unstoppable you have to commit to a platform and oh, yeah. it's the same if you're a photographer it's the same if you're totally. a designer totally. I have, I'm speaking to you right now from a Mac. I bought from Mac of all trades because if y'all don't know about that, y'all know about that. Um, you commit to platforms and it's just something you have to do, especially if you're working in jobs that, re that are um, battery intensive. Like we don't have corded tools that much. It does happen. There are a lot of them that show up, but like, man, if you're walking around trying to plug in everything that you do all day, good fucking luck. Dude, the only like, thing you should be plugging in is a dimmer rack. Um, let's see, a lift. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, that's about, that's about it. That's about it. No, meanwhile, welders are like, screw you, screw all of you. I yep. can't do a single thing, anything. <laughs> Well, there's like 220, 440, or go away. <laughs> there are right. certain jobs where you don't want to see a welder, though. Yes. Yeah. I think <laughs> welder shows up, then it's like, you're fucked. Oh, no. I, you know, but this, is, you're fucked. this is my favorite trope about sci-fi, is that no matter what, there's some shit being built in the background, and way up in the sky where a rigger belongs is some guy with a grinder welding away and making sparks, and I'm like, no, nobody no, should be there. No, nobody, you know. No, no. But it looks looks great on film, but that guy's arcing no. some sparks, and I'm like, no thanks. Don't no, want to no. be anywhere around that. No, no. The thing that would piss me off is that you see a guy up that high, and you see the sparks, and you're like <laughs> literally questioning: Is he welding, or did something really bad happen to the electrical? Yeah. Like, I'd be staring like, oh, fuck, what the fuck, what the and, fuck, what the fuck? And two and three are touching. 
That's what oh! it is. Oh, wow. Someone crossed. Somebody unplugged the red wire. All right, I'm, take, I'm taking my 30 seconds going back to something that Corwin said. Oh, are we doing 30 second bitch? I, I, want, I want this. All right, all right, all right. Let's just do a 30 second bitch. All right, ready? And yeah. go. It doesn't matter if you know someone or don't know someone. If you go to a gig and you say, I know something, I am good at this, this is my profession, you need to know the gear. If you are saying that you're a lighting person and you have worked on lighting consoles, you need to say, I've worked on an Ava Lights Pearl, I've worked on a hog, I've worked on, uh, a, I don't care, but you gotta know it. If you are saying that you are a sound person and you have worked on a board, you need to make sure you know it's a Yamaha, it's a fucking Mackie, I don't give a shit, but you got to know your fucking gear. Done. And That's it, 31 seconds. You were just over. Good, good rant. Wow. You got to know that. It's like, yes. I, how many times have you walked in? Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a lighting person. Okay, can you hop behind that board? Um, mm-hmm. I, what kind of board is it? Yep. Um, uh, follow up, just like, like leap onto that pet peeve is the difference between like architectural lighting people and theatrical lighting people (laughs) and how like and how the business world just is like oh well you're lighting people and i'm like hmm yeah in the same way that an entertainment electrician is an electrician (laughs) yeah i can i I have people and friends that can say that's that's not good but they shouldn't be doing uh electricity in houses yeah yeah i can i can i can agree with that one yeah but i trust their judgment oh yeah they're gonna say oh yeah that's that's really that's fucked up you need to call an electrician i i, I, I mean i'll trust their judgment and they know what the fucking ohm is I, you know what and i trust that <laughs> that's I about mean, as far as even, i go even like live versus production oh like, yeah yeah i've had to gain some levels in production like becoming my own lighting grip which is not that far out from stuff that i would do i would take jobs like that sure i'm not the best electrician but i have been (laughs) i have been one um but yeah i mean like knowing enough to know which things you should know is a powerfully zen cohen type moment of this conversation but being able to say like uh you know i speak etc that's fine. Am I the fastest programmer? Hell no, not by a clear mile because I know people who are way better at it and I would say hire them. If you need me to show up and do the things that I do and also push some buttons and make some lights turn on, great. Usually you hire me to sync up sound and video consoles and everything and it talks to each other and it's all programmed out with time code and stuff like that. I do that all the time, love it. But am I the fastest programmer? No. Can I work with a hog? Hell no. I cannot do anything with a hog. I would not know how to turn it on. <laughs> yeah, but that's it's... the problem is that kids that come out now are like, no, I know how to program lights. Yeah, no, I'm fine with it. But they don't specify, I know how to program on A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if they do, they don't, they're not specific about it. I know how to program on a hog. Okay, well, I've got this. I know it's old, but I've got this hog 500. It's the only thing I've got running things. You're good with that, right? I mean, it says hog, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because you touched it or you saw it one time does not mean that you know it. Yeah. And even like the, the sound stuff, like Digico versus Yamaha, you will you will be screwed so well, hard. Yeah. 
I know like how to. What flavor of Digico? Is oh, yeah. it the theater? Is it the music? Like which one? <laughs> I programmed on the Yamaha. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. I've got this. Uh, the the new uh, 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 PM10. You're good on that, right? Well, I mean, I've only had an O1V. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> no. See, that's also that's also a tough thing too. Is that uh, when you are uh, a person that's at least been in the industry, let's say five years, right? But you've only touched so many things, and yet you have this client that keeps going back to you because you impressed them during one show, and they're just like, "Oh, can can you do this?" And you're like, "Well," and they're like, "Perfect, great, awesome, love it. You're you're my guy." Like, and and you're just like, "I I really shouldn't be doing this," and they're like, "No, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's all fine," and I'm just like trying to wrap my head around those particular people where it's just like you you want quality people and i'm trying to tell you that i am not that person but you're just like but they trust you so much and you're just like well what do i do well i really need the fucking money so and they're offering (laughs) twice my normal rate Ooh, damn okay all right you know what google i'm gonna do the (laughs) google Google it so much. I am not good at my job. I'm really good at Google. Yeah, (laughs) we've all gotten really good at Google, but you know, it's it's just there are some things you can you can take the whole bag and be like, all right, I have to become an expert in this in forty (laughs) seven hours. (laughs) (laughs) All right, every YouTube video, every YouTube video, every single. So where we can be our best advocates, and and again, coming back to the fact that it's a community and people like your connections everywhere, like you cannot exist in a vacuum. You cannot in this business at all. There is no such thing as an island. And if there is, it's probably because you're dumb piece of shit. No one's gonna hire you anymore because the word is out. That island. (laughs) That's where. That's how people wind up on islands. There are some house guys that are shitheads, and they are doing that professionally. And then people find out and then no one goes to work there and it becomes the training house. So (laughs) yeah, a really, really big company that I used to work for had that type of guy. And he was with the company like almost from day one. And we're talking 25 years at the time that I worked there. So he'd been there like he was a lifer and they, he was dumb as dog shit. He was so dumb. And it, it, he aggravated me so, so much. So the minute that I got any type of leadership, leadership position over him, I made him go do actual work. But he almost burned a building down in my time there. Almost burned a building down. And he still didn't get fired. When I say he almost burned a building down, I mean, there was black smoke billowing. And we were like 30 minutes from opening the doors. All right, black smoke. He melted a gigantic wigwag fixture, melted it because he wired it badly. Did that place happen to have mouse ears? No. (laughs) No. Different, different one. Okay. (laughs) Different one. But yeah, it was a gigantic fixture that he had to get, he had to replace something inside of it and he wired it badly and Black smoke was billowing out of it right before they were going to open up the gates and he still didn't get his ass fired. He got demoted, but because of his tenure, they can't he fire didn't him. get fired. And I was just like, you've got to be fucking shitting me. This guy literally goes and takes naps in the open third shift. And this is what, so funny story. This is a rabbit hole. I know, but <laughs> 
So I got to give call. me that level of confidence. I love this. Like <laughs> the, the idea that you could protect yourself and be so stupid at the same time. It's yes. like, it's amazing. I, I wish, I wish I could, yeah. I wish that I could say that he was clever, but he just wasn't. It's like dipshit Nirvana. Oh, like me and the first, <laughs> shift, me, <laughs> me and the first shift guy would like just talk shit nonstop about him because the first shift guy actually was like really super clever, and this other guy was just like, wait a second, who outranks who? And uh, so I get a call on the radio once by the lead of this theme park in a ride. So I've already let loose that it's a theme park. Anyway, so it's a lead of a ride, and he's just like, hey. Uh, I need you to come check check out some lights over here. Can you can you uh we got a problem? Okay, yeah, no problem. Be there in a second. I had a golf cart, hauled my ass over there. This was a lead I liked, so I made it a priority. So I actually headed over there. Um, anybody I didn't like, well, go fuck them. Anyway, so I show up there, and the guy is standing there with two guys I've never seen before, probably new guys. I'm like, cool. One was older, one was younger, <laughs> and this guy, we'll call him Joel uh joel um bald dude funny as shit i love this guy his sarcasm was just priceless and he's just like hey hey going not bad how's it going he's just like oh i you know yeah we we had this issue but i I really wanted you to uh get to know these two new guys oh okay hey john hey john how's it going all right uh (laughs) he's like so Tell me about your lead. Now, my mouth is already pretty bad. But back then, my mouth was about a hundred times worse. And the first thing to trigger me is, talk to me about my team lead, please. So I can absolutely just let loose on how much of a piece of shit he is. And I did. Oh, (laughs) it was like a lava flow of shit and I'm fucking raging just god damn that motherfucking piece of shit I fucking hate that goddamn son of a motherfucking cack of crap I hate I wish that a donkey would come fuck him up the ass and then somebody go bend him over so an elephant can go rape him sideways I fucking hate <laughs> so the whole saying. zoo involved that was impressive <laughs> <laughs> so I went loose on him about him Joel is just trying to hold it together. The old John is like eyes bugging out of his head, jaws gone slack. The younger John is just fucking dying. And so when after about a 15 to 20 minute rant, he just let me go. His arms, Joel's arms were folded, like just letting me go because he gets a kick out of it. By the time I'm done, he's just like, yeah, guys, so I just wanted to introduce you to This is pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> they just looked at me all fucked up like, I was just like, oh, was that the only thing? Okay, cool, because I'm going to go fix that light now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of experience you get in the entertainment industry. Yes! <laughs> this is going back to something that was said earlier that I feel like I just, I had this thought and then the alcohol took me away from it and now it's back. <laughs> so, um, but I, I don't blame the alcohol. The okay, alcohol sorry, had nothing no, no, to do with this. I'm responsible. Okay. I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I, Own up to your mistake, sir. Hold up. <laughs> my name, my name is Phil. 
I am here to. I'm, I'm Hi, thank you. Um, um, so wrong meeting. No, right. <laughs> the uh, I think I think one of the interesting things about theater and especially technical theater is and and I and I love trying to find like the like opposites to this like baseball for instance baseball is one of those things that the experience of baseball and enjoying baseball is very akin to the process of doing baseball right so like if you're playing baseball you're often watching but you know kind of what's going on and it's very familiar with like the game itself, right? Like those who play baseball know baseball really well. Same thing with a lot of sports. It translates very clearly. But technical theater is one of those things where experiencing technical theater versus doing technical theater are like the opposite ends of the world. And it's like, it's really hard for me to explain that concept to people who don't know that business because it's like, look, what you experience inside the theater is such a magical working of like all these people being super pro and doing everything at the same time. But that is absolutely nothing what it's like loading in, getting everything set up, doing all the pre-production, all the drafting, all the like management, like it is. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I got, I, I, no, I, I have a question for everybody in this. Yeah. How many people when you're walking into a show as a guest are working? <laughs> raise your hand raise your hand everybody fucking works like if you I, whatever it is that you do primarily you're looking directly at what oh, yeah. did they do i and haven't then, enjoyed a show in years and then <laughs> yeah. yes and then if you do go as a guest how long do you stay to watch the loadout <laughs> I'm guilty. I've been kicked out by security so many fucking times. If you are there. Because I want to see him like, I think I know that rigor. I think I know that rigor out there. He's He's traversing the Metallica concert. Yep. Yep. I'm pretty sure I saw him on Facebook. Oh yeah, that's totally him. I can't mistake it. It's either him (laughs) or his cousin. (laughs) Conversely, if if you are there at a show, probably upset because you're seeing whatever section... What was the last one you've paid for? Oh. <laughs> okay. No, so, I, I, okay. Yeah, I got one. I got one. Go ahead. No, seriously. I haven't, I don't remember. It's at that point where it's like, I, I know five guys. So I can like, I can get on to whatever. I can do that. I'll go to the show. I don't pay for it. I'm pissed off and miserable, but I didn't pay for it. That's like, oh, like that, from this point on, it's like that, that's my things. I, I just, I am not paying for a damn thing. So the last legit concert that I went to was actually a surprise birthday gift from my husband. All right. It was, yes. So he, he told you, good man. He, yes, he is good. He's good people. Um, so he took me to a female led rock tour of uh, Hailstorm in this moment and New Year's Day. <laughs> Dude, that was a fucking badass concert because the venue that I was in was a smaller venue. So they had it fucking cranked up where you were going to go deaf when you walked out of that fucking place. I filmed one video of in this moment because the shit that she had on stage was badass. I'm trying to hold my phone. All right. I'm, I'm trying to hold my phone and I'm trying to like plug my ear because I had to do a show where I was singing and I had to be able to hear. So I'm trying to like plug my ear. Husband comes over, 
he plugs my other ear so I can finish recording the damn show. That's love that's, right there. That's, that's love. <laughs> that's love right there. <laughs> Beautiful. Cheers. Beautiful. Game recognized game. Yeah. <laughs> I love the notion that there's hundreds of collected hours of or hundreds of collected years of personal experience all conspiring to be as invisible as possible. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yes. 100%. Yeah. But we've approached another 30-second bitch. You so up. that means it's my turn. I get to do a 30-second bitch. And I'm going to go completely off the cuff on this one. So let me pull up my timer. Hold on. Okay. And... I'm going. I don't understand why it is that carnivores have to rip on vegans so goddamn much. Yes, I am a fucking vegan, but I'm a softcore goddamn vegan. I don't give a shit what the fuck you eat. If you want to not eat meat, that's your own goddamn problem. If you want to eat meat, that's your own goddamn problem. I fucking understand that stuff. No goddamn problem, but I don't need to hear how you couldn't fucking do it. I don't give a shit. If you want to do it, I'll tell you how the fuck I did it, but until then, I don't give a fuck about your opinion. Let me be a goddamn herbivore. You be a fucking carnivore, and we'll all die fucking happy, all right? Time. 30 seconds. (laughs) So necessary. So good. (laughs) I'm really good at a 30 second pitch. (laughs) Hey, you want to know a sound guy's favorite letter in the alphabet? You want to you want to know how the sound guy gets the death stare from everyone? Turn on the white noise, <laughs> especially when the rigger's right in the lift. Oh, right dude. next to the fucking audio. I, I motherfucker. To, I'm so sorry <laughs> in, that, that has happened. Yeah. I have to just. I'll apologize for that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I love ah. I love when you when it happens and I immediately look over to the soundboard and it immediately shuts off and all you hear echo throughout the room is sorry sorry about that that is how it works yes how it works. <laughs> and I'm like and I just keep staring because I'm just like you're not fucking sorry you hit that goddamn button on purpose motherfucker I know you did <laughs> do it again do it again why is it always the most prime real estate directly in front of the speakers? Like because there's electricians, riggers, everyone winds up there. Just because <laughs> inevitably, it's all done at the same time. Yeah. When we're lifting it in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We're going to take this up. All right. Ready? Everyone ready to go up? We're going to tilt on this. What? What? Well, it's the only time I have. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it's all. It's, all I it's have. like uh, you can't tell me that three hours after the riggers have left, you're not, you're you're not going to be there. You're still going to fucking be there. But you wait until we're literally like on the last speaker, trying to focus that piece of shit, and you hit that fucking button. Like, oh, I didn't know you were there. Sorry, sorry about that. You also have to like remember that the, the reason that they have to do that is because quiet time is also dark time, which means that there's yeah. always you know one person going okay. Two, two at full, two at half, half. Okay, I need a out shutter back in my head. Make sure, can we hit it here? Hit it here, hit it here, here, <laughs> here. Okay, this way. And that's what we share dark time with. So yeah, 
There's a reason we're blasting for, that. For those, of those, got. for those of you who are listening, he's talking about the lighting guys trying to do their fucking lighting focus. <laughs> <laughs> right. So <laughs> I'm I mean, I, I'm a drummer. I'm not that great. I but I've done a few things. And um I always would be nefarious and notorious with the audio guys because you know they'd have like 15 mics on my drum kit and I'd always grab one of them probably the compressor over top like getting the cymbals and then then I'd just hold it about two feet away and in my best falsetto would just be like (laughs) and like slowly bring the mic closer to me and then watch them in a panic like mash buttons in the booth being like where the hell is it coming from and i'm like so anybody listening what that means is that there's a squeal in the speaker and they don't know what the fuck's causing it they know it's a microphone they just don't know which one and the feedback's gonna get really bad soon but so yeah yeah for for example and then and then i'd get it near to me and i was like testing 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 three four five six 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 back up on the mic stand Good times. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad because <laughs> I have mixed a lot of really janky stuff. And if <laughs> you can't solve that problem immediately, like if that's not yeah. something you have the muscle memory to go like, or have a fade group or a yeah, yeah, right, right, right. set up for drums. Yeah. I'm saying like, if you didn't do that, then either you all just loaded in over the last five minutes and this is a hauling ass situation, which fine, whatever, but probably y'all don't know what you're doing. So like, <laughs> get good scrub is my reaction to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I test the guys, right? No one, no one liked it when I did that at the whiskey. They, they had no shit, time for that shit. You know, they were like, get out of here. There's nothing worse than being a performer and you end up pissing off the, the tech guy for whatever reason. And it doesn't matter I, if you're a musician or a singer, it doesn't matter. Cause no matter what, if you do anything to piss them off, they go fuck with you the whole oh, yeah. goddamn you're dead. time. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been on stage singing a song and I have in-ears in and who comes on the fucking headphone while I'm in the middle of a goddamn song to fuck me up. Hmm. I'll give you two guesses. All right, it was a stage. It was a stage manager. I was gonna say that guy, that piece of shit. God, fuck him. Seriously, he was. He was. I was. I was hoping you were gonna say like your husband. He was like, "Hey, you look look hot right now," and you're like, "Ah." (laughs) So I married outside the industry. That's something that's really, really important. Um. And is a point made for most people in the entertainment business is if you are going to get married, you better do it outside the business, but with the uh, with making sure that they have the understanding of what your lifestyle is. Disagree. Okay, so we actually have all three right here. We have Corwin, who is not married right now. <laughs> that I know. That I know of. I'm um, pretty sure I'm not, so I'd be surprised. <laughs> it would come as a surprise to you uh, if he suddenly was. Yeah, I have married. I have married outside the industry and then has married within the industry. And so yes. please share and elaborate, part. sir. What is a load in? What is a load out? I'm going to be at a load in. Oh my God. The load in is running over. 
Oh my God, the mm-hmm. loadout is running over. Oh my God, I am so exhausted from the load in. Oh my God, I'm so exhausted from the loadout. Oh my God, I can't believe that this person actually thought that they were going to mix something. Oh my God, I can't believe that they placed speakers there. Oh my God, I can't believe that we hung lights there. Oh my God, I can't believe they run power from that place. This is a conversation that has probably happened this week. And <laughs> you don't even need to have a conversation. You can just say that and it is immediately received. But yeah. that is you, as, as your kids as your kids eat their cereal, they're like, "Yes, Dad, but what about later today when I need to go to school?" And yeah, and then I panic and go, "School? Oh crap!" <laughs> so uh, you know, you're speaking from a guy who is married inside the industry, whereas uh, Phil and I uh, have married outside the industry. Now, I find that I can easily explain things to my husband because I keep it in layman's terms. Um, just as he keeps it in layman's terms for me, because he works on vehicles, he's a teacher now, but he used to be a mechanic. So him trying to explain the intricacies of a fucking transmission is just one of those things. that's just gold anyway. So, uh... (laughs) oh, I do want to raise the possibility and this has never been fully explored, but this is something that we should all as a community and as this sister community should examine because I believe in New York it's very common but I think that it's not appreciated out here enough but the culinary world and the entertainment world both have Mondays off yes Mm. yes Mm -hmm. this is this is getting explored more and more out here I Mm -hmm. I am I have that feeling yes it makes perfect sense both but no that's a good point though is is you know in the entertainment industry our primary days of working are literally roughly a Wednesday, Thursday, depending on the season, uh, through Sunday, Monday, Monday off. Tuesday, yeah, Monday, sometimes Tuesday, again, depending on the season is off. The other sucky thing is, uh, you know, when you're trying to work a show and you're in that point of the season where you're just like, Hmm, what else is going around around the city? So like here in Texas, is the state fair going on? Well, we're fucked. Is South by Southwest going on? <laughs> <laughs> At least in one part of Texas, you're fucked. Is it, it, here in Texas, uh, the Gaylord has a huge uh, winter event called Ice. Yes, they and do. Yes, they do. It, it, massive and we have to use a ton of gear but before before covid we had a particular company very very large company doing a massive show we're talking millions of dollars of of stuff and yeah we we would be trying to tap the entire region we told them that they had to start submitting their stuff about six to seven months in advance because their stuff would happen right at texas state fair yep it was insane. I it was it. like, uh, and I needed like, I needed a staff of like 25, 30 people. And I was having a hard time getting that staff because everybody was already pre-booked for the state fair. I buy it. Coachella. I deal with it every year in, in April, every single time. I've never had a situation where like one event was like busting up another one because usually like that, that in the planning phase of it and the logistics of it, that all happens. What tends to happen to us is like act of God stuff or like we once had uh, the billboard music awards going up in Vegas and we, our shop was building everything in, in North Hollywood and the, we needed like 23, 53 foot trucks to ship full set. And on the way there um, by some freak wind accident, um, 
one of the ratchet straps came out and a set piece flew up into the air about a hundred feet and then fell down and disintegrated on the middle of the highway. Oh, and, and that was at like three in the morning. And then we got a phone call at four saying Loden is at 12 noon. And we called up like six welders, a bunch of plexi guys at like, you know, five in the morning and it was like, we have seven hours to build this. And it was madness. But by like, I think noon, we had it on a truck and painted and on its way over. And it was the last piece to install. And the riggers didn't hate us. So I think that was a win. But that's the kind of crazy that happens, you know, when it's, it's always like, a win when the riggers don't hate you. Right. right yeah, yes, always, <laughs> it's always, always a win. Always. always right. Right. Always. No, but like it, it's, the, the saying for riggers is that we're the first ones in and the last ones out. Yeah, yes. That's but like, nice. but like the things that will kill us are like last summer wildfires hit and the oh. price of lumber, the life, the price of lumber spiked like 200%. And all of a sudden, a project that was slated at like 10 grand cost 30 grand. And now I had to make a choice of like, I lay off people. So this thing gets built on, uh, like built under budget, or I keep them on and we sail way over budget, but it gets in on time. And there's like, when you get into this immovable demand, you're eating like thousands of dollars in costs because of a fire. (laughs) Like, Oh my God. You know, and There's... then, then, then our president is just like, well, just rake. And you're like, mm. <laughs> so, you know, in a festival, like a festival is one of those extremes for the entertainment business. I, and I call it an extreme because it's such an unusual setup because depending on the type of festival, you could have multiple stages, multiple venues. How do they want to execute it? What's it celebrating? How many days is it? You know, it's, it's a super extreme of things. It's not the nice things of an indoor venue or whatever. And, and honestly, I, I, I had to personally stop doing any type of festival or outdoor concerts because I mean, you see how fucking ghostly white I am. I can't handle heat. So <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm fucking see-through over here. Uh, so I had to stop doing that personally, but it's, it just takes so much uh, to, to do these type of shows and so much planning. And these outdoor stages are very, very specific. Like everyone is limited based on what, the organizers decided to order for their festival, right? So you either got a really great stage that was well-constructed or you got something from fucking China that you're just like, I don't want to go near it. I, I see potting in the wells. Are you, uh, are you shitting me right now? Like every single fucking shackle is different from a different Asian country. And you're just like, I really, I, I just, I don't feel safe at all. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit talked by riggers about Chinese products. There's a reason there is a reason. And I want to, like, take a moment to point that out, because it can sometimes feel like punching up on China a little bit unfairly, but there's very little quality control. And like some of those shackles are life threatening, dangerous Mm -hmm. because there are no load tests. There are no 
um, quality assurance. There is nothing there. It's simply made to appear as close to things that are being manufactured under much more strict quality control conditions. Yes. And just to sell as many of those as possible. So it's like, this is a, this is a market driven thing. This is something that is happening in the world with facts, with, with an understanding that this is an existing thing. This is not beating up on Asian people. No, no. thank no, you no, for no. clarifying that. Yes, <laughs> no, this is, be, this is not about that. But it can all be summed up in, in two very distinct things. Drop forged versus malleable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If a shackle is made in uh, America or Canada, it must be drop forged. You have to have the mold. You pour the hot lava into it. It makes the thing. It goes like this. Voila, you have a shackle that is rated for, uh, you know, three and a half tons or however, however big it is. Yep. With a malleable shackle which is what is primarily what you can get from uh, Amazon or any place that is directly from China. It happens to be taken as a piece of metal that is then shaped after it is cooled into what you need. So it is weak. It has been weakened to make that thing. Therefore, it's not beating up on, on the Asian community. It is that drop forge versus malleable means drop forge is literally better because we are not derating the product yeah. to make it look like what you want. And to expand on that, what I meant by potting is that we'll look at a weld and literally see little, um, the best way to describe it is a bubble hole. <clears throat> so like there was a bubble there, an air bubble there at one point that popped and we can see there, there is now a the tiniest of divots in there. Now, if you take that, um, anything that has a hole in it versus it being solid. If you were to tear a piece of paper that had multiple holes into it, it would tear so much easier, right? Versus a solid piece that if you were to try to start tearing it, it could go any which direction. But if you have a hole, it's going to follow the whole track and it will crack very, very easily. We, we tend to handle cut paper very delicately because it's cut and has holes in it. Whereas a ho- solid piece of paper, it's like you do whatever, crumble it up, do whatever, it's nothing's going to happen to it. So very similar with metal is if we start seeing these pot marks in the welds or in the metal itself, there's actually even a weight difference to keep going, Leggy, about what you were saying is that drop forge versus malleable is that there's a weight difference. If yeah. I were to hold one that was drop forge versus malleable, there is a significant like weight yeah. difference and it's i'm not talking pounds i'm talking ounces but once you're it's, like it's noticeable it's noticeable if you're like three ounces off from another from another product it is so noticeable and then you have to wonder is that really rated and a lot unfortunately a lot of those that come from uh companies that are not drop forged they do not put a rel a, a, a legal weight load limit it, it shows up on the metal piece as wll it's a working load limit yep and that is what we are allowed to put on that piece of metal and unfortunately and and we have to do it in a very specific way because if we if we load something incorrectly it will fail uh that's what the engineering has told us well when you have a malleable thing we now no longer know where the weak point in the structure is which is why we can't use it. And I, and I keep trying to express this to any clients that bring this stuff in. Like if they're, if they're trying to hang something um, of merit 
Like it's not just like a 20 pound sign, you know, it's, it's not, we're not talking something ridiculous. We're talking about something substantial, right? So we have, let's say a 5,000 pound sign, uh, you know, an LED wall. Let's go with an LED. No. Why not? Oh yes. Yes. We're going to go with the LED wall. Damn it. Uh, because, because unfortunately I actually have a picture in my phone that I show to salespeople, project managers, clients, these things I show to people because they get on my case about why it is that I'm so hard up about led walls and how to rig them and why I have to go through certain processes and why I can't just let it go. And I was like, look guys, this picture is literally a picture of a fallen ground supported LED wall that was attached to cheap truss with no base plates, no counterweights. The LED wall was attached using ratchet straps. And when it fell, it was on a stage. So it didn't just fall however high it was and hit the stage. It fell, hit the stage, and then fell down the three feet the stage was in the air. Yep. There could have been people around there who got killed. Now, in this particular case, no one did, thankfully. That's the only reason I show this image is that nobody was injured. Nobody wants to show pictures of of gory things right we always want to be like oh thank god nobody was hurt but it's like at the same time you have to think about what happens if they were we're talking presenters we're talking guests we're talking so many people that could have been on this stage and this happened now versus during the show and you want to get on my case about why it is i am being super safe about rigging there's a fucking reason and this is a perfect reason this led wall in particular on my phone was a long one. We're talking 30, 40 feet long and maybe about 10 to 12 feet high. Huge amount of weight when each panel is 20 pounds. All right. So if it's one by one, that's one foot by one foot, and it's going 10 to 12 feet up and you go 20 feet wide, who wants to do the math on this one, kids? We're talking thousands of pounds. Yeah. Funky. So. Definitely. Chunky. Yep. It's it's a fucking nightmare. And and no one should ever be everybody, any person that walks into a room always wants to feel safe. They walk into a room assuming they're gonna go home that day. And I tell anybody who wants to be a rigger, I'm like, do you really think that you could be a rigger? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, cool. Then I need you to put this in your head. Do you think that after all the stuff that we did today? You are a hundred percent certain you did your job to the best of your ability that every single person in this room gets to go home without injury or death. Uh, exactly. We have to go home believing we can go to sleep at night. And if I have to question your gear, there's a fucking reason. I don't do it because I just want to piss you off. I do it because I genuinely am concerned. I want you to go home to your wife and kids. I mean, plain and simple. So anybody I, who, who doesn't believe that can just go straight to hell. And I think on that cheery note, uh, <laughs> I am going to take this time to say, we got to call it because <laughs> we are well over. Thank you very much for being here, Phil and Corwin, because that's, we've gone way over. Thank you yes. so much. Yeah. Next time, let's try doing this, not, um, you know, from a garage. Let's try doing this in person, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Bill, you're literally like three miles down the road. Wait, where do you live now? I still live in the 
Oh, yeah, I guess it's like three miles. Yeah. That's cool. Three yeah. five. You live close to the forum. And as we yeah, discussed, I, we don't I, I live close to the forum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Corlin, good. Good seeing you, buddy. Haven't seen good you, Good seeing you. Thank you I'll, for having I'll me. Just, I'll just stay here in Texas. It's fine. What up? It, strong. My, it's strong. my wife. Good. My wife is from Texas, so I feel like we're closer than. You know. <laughs> it's cool. Well, you know, it's like I'm in Texas, but I'm not from Texas. So <laughs> I'd like to cool. make that perfectly clear. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, Message I re- received. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, like, y'all. I don't have a fucking Texas state flag floating in front of my house. <laughs> you're giving one good. at birth if you're if you're from yeah. pretty much it's like stamped you, on your forehead it's you, tattooed on your ass it, like yeah no 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 <laughs> in texas everything is bigger and better the minute that you're bored it's tattooed on your ass mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> just so they know just so and, they know. and the right and the right to secede at any time <laughs> right yeah. make that clear you know oh yeah <laughs> you have every fucking right to secede don't don't even get me started i am taking a texas government class right now it's (laughs) it's fucking terrible remember you won the alamo you won it no question no No, we we didn't i know i know i know i know i knew you didn't nobody there's no question but everyone in my wife is like oh yeah i i I was taught we won the alamo and it's like what where did you go to school (laughs) um enough of that Maybe it's just for San Antonio. I don't know. I don't know where they would learn that. Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my, my government class is just so bad because my teacher is so goddamn biased. It's so is, bad. Is is he a white male? Yes. Okay. That's... <laughs> and there we go. Enough said. <laughs> He's an older white male. Yes. Oh. Well, needs no explanation. Who literally, who literally, during one of his lectures, pointed out to a couple that were known for being fucking bigots, and he said that he was big fans of them. Oh, the schlaps. <laughs> Greg Abbott is wonderful. Look, just bring him a gallon of Bluebell ice cream. You'll get an A. It'll be done. <laughs> and there, there we go. There yeah. you go. Done. Thankfully, I'm already getting an A in this class. This class is somewhat easy, but it's just, it's just so fucking bad. He can't, he's, he's just so fucking biased. Like, he, he talks about liberals and Democrats in the worst fucking way. I don't know how I'm supposed to give an evaluation of his class. Like, he, just send just send him this talk right here this yeah, podcast just send him the whole thing and watch him just implode just well oh. even worse yeah, yeah. even worse is that he'll send out emails saying that the majority of his class is republicans and i'm sitting here like well what about the rest of us motherfucker there's a there's a genetic condition that's starting to pop up where people see republicanism everywhere and it's been increasing across the nation i think it's actually a virus that spreads and so people see republicanism everywhere they look and a lot of people will also say they're republicans to get republicans to stop talking to them (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good 
Oh my God. Have I done that? Maybe. I say I'm libertarian and then people don't talk to me at all. There you go. There yeah. you go. You drop the L word and no one wants to speak to you for the rest of the party. You can spend your time with the snacks and the cat. <laughs> I don't know bombshell. <laughs> Thank you, everybody.